I'm going to pause, and I've been so excited all week long uh, to have today off, and, but not just because I'm having a day off, because as you can see, it's not really a day off, um, but I get to hear others preach the word of the Lord. Uh, I'm a graduate of what used to be called Faith School of Theology, uh, now called Faith Bible College International. Uh, we have a couple of students that are going to be sharing the word of the Lord with you this morning uh, that are attending Faith Bible College uh, and as well as my son. And so um, I'm just going to do the introductions at the beginning so we can flow from one message to the other. And I'm going to ask you something because I remember being where they are. Uh, maybe they're nervous. <laughs> maybe they don't know how you're going to react. And I'm going to say, let's cheer them on. Amen. Uh, let's uh, receive the word of the Lord. Uh, let's engage with them. Let them know that, that we are listening, that we are paying attention, uh, not falling asleep, not uh, running out to the bathroom 20 times. Uh, they, I've given them 10 to 15 minutes each, and I don't know what they're going to share, but I know it's going to be good. Amen? Anybody ready for that? You know it's going to be good. And so, like I said, introductions at the very beginning. Uh, first up, we're going to have uh, Jordan Hunter, uh, son of Ocean, and Brian LeClaire. Um, uh, uh, Jordan is uh, just a, a blessing from God. Uh, I've known him since he was very little. Uh, in fact, when I posted about these young men sharing the Word of God this morning, others who maybe were a part of Crosspoint remember when they were children. They remember when they were uh, running around, running underneath things, getting into trouble, and some still getting into trouble, and uh, just uh, with the grace and the mercy of God on them. And so uh, Jordan is one of them. And then, the, uh, again, he goes to Faith Bible College. Uh, international, and then my son, Caleb Vega, uh, well, he's my son, and so he's not uh, training to be a preacher, but he's a son of a preacher, and so I've heard him a couple of times, and uh, God gives him wisdom and uh, just a word to share. Um, he goes to Southeastern uh, University in Lakeland, Florida. Uh, he loves creative design, media design, and so he's involved in all of that. It's so cool to see these young men uh, being used of God in every sphere of life, you know, whether they're training for ministry to preach and teach uh, and to reach people for Jesus in, in traditional ways, uh, going to Bible college, or whether it's going to a Christian university where they uh, have maybe just realize that they are gifted and talented and wired by God to do a certain thing, and they're going to do it to the best of their, their ability because they recognize that everything they do, they do for Jesus. And then we have Owen Keen. Um, Owen is uh, also, uh, uh, and what year are you in, Owen? He's going into his third year at Bible College. Uh, he has a heart for missions um, and uh, just a, a great change that has happened in Owen's life since he's been at Crosspoint. Uh, he wasn't here as early on as the other two, but let me tell you the change that Jesus has made. Uh, I know we have a proud mom here, uh, proud parents, grand, grandmother, um, just uh, excited to see what God is going to do with Owen's life. Um, uh, a proud youth pastor and his wife who has, have poured into their lives. Um, let's give it up for Pastor Ryan and Abigail. <laughs> All glory to God. All glory to God. And so this morning, uh, we're going to ask uh, Jordan to come. 
Uh, he's going to share the word of the Lord, do whatever he's going to do. Again, be attentive. Uh, when you've wrapped up, you can pray at the end or you can just flow and say, Caleb, come on up. Uh, Caleb will be next after that. And then Owen will close us out uh, for this morning. Uh, so let's welcome our college students, our young adults, uh, Jordan first. Amen. So the text we're going to be looking at today is going to be John 1, verse 5. That is John 1, verse 5. And I'm reading out of the NIV. And it reads, The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Now, the title of my sermon today is Letting the Light Shine. Um, this, one, this sermon's been like a process to get. Um, it's come in pieces, like God spoke to me in like a couple pieces here and there, and I'm like, all right, let's just put it together, we'll figure it out, <laughs> like through God, we'll figure this out, but like, um, so as Christians, we are commanded to shine the light and spread the word of Christ to everybody, so that everybody has a chance to know who God is. Um, and in this world, it's getting a lot darker, a lot faster, and we don't know how long we have left. We don't know when our last day is going to be and when God's going to call us home. So it's essential for us to spread that news and shine that light that we need to to reach those people. Now, you might ask, how can we be that light? Well, we need to stop letting fear get in our way. We need to stop letting fear of the world get in our way of what will they think what will they say about me what will they do it doesn't matter because psalm 27 1 reads for the lord for the lord is my light and my salvation whom shall i fear the lord is my stronghold for my life in whom shall i be afraid of Hallelujah. all right so yeah the lights are out surprise <laughs> Um, so I have a demonstration for you guys. Um, so this represents God's light, right? And a lot of us as Christians, we like to hide that, right? Maybe you guys can see the light, right? Like very well, right? No, no. <laughs> as Christians, I'm even guilty of this, that we hide this light that God has given us from people, like we can say we're saved, we can say God has changed us, but as of now, like this is what we show the people. But once we uncover the light and show the people what God actually has done for our life, it changes the room that we're in. We can do a lot more with the light, we can do a lot more when there is light in the room, we can see things, we can help people if they need help. So where there is light, darkness cannot be. Darkness has to flee when there is light. So I'm closing today with, um, nobody knows exactly when God's gonna come back, but are we gonna be standing around waiting for God, not doing anything, or are we gonna do what he has commanded us to do? Are we gonna go out and build this kingdom for him? Are we gonna go out and get as many people as we can get saved? 
because I don't want to stand in front of him when he takes us all home and here depart from me because I never knew you. Yeah. I want to listen to everything yeah. that he has for us. And, and I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. So we have to give it everything that we have. We have to live like it's our last day here. Give me just a second here. Just gotta get situated. Today I'm uh, I'm preaching onto my laptop, so yeah. Um, well, I'm excited to preach today. Um, it's good to be in the house today. It's Sunday. Good to see some faces. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah, I've done this before twice. Um, I preached about a year ago in young adults, and like five people showed up. It was good. I enjoyed it. It was cool. Um, and then I preached at youth two weeks ago. Yeah, two weeks ago. And it was awesome. And I just love to do it, and I'm really excited to preach to you guys today. Um, I just wanted to start by saying this is like a little bit more intimidating than preaching to youth because most of you guys have been like praying and reading your Bibles and following the Lord maybe probably longer than I've been alive. Um, we got some veterans in the room. Um, if you haven't, um, that's exciting. Uh, Jesus is exciting and I'm excited to preach today. So um, we're going to dive into it. Today I'm going to be preaching from the book of Jeremiah. Um, it's in the Old Testament. Last time I preached, when I preached in youth, I preached from the book of Jeremiah. Um, just because it's what I'm reading right now in my devotionals, and it's where the Lord's really speaking to me. So, love the Old Testament. Um, and the chapter that I'm going to be preaching from, it has this one verse in it. And this one verse, like a lot of you probably know it. Um, it's like a famous verse. Like, this verse is like in Hobby Lobby on the sign. It's like, you walk into your grandmother's kitchen, the verse is there. It's like, the verse that people get tattooed, it's like the verse, like this is the verse. Jeremiah 29, 11, you've heard it, right? A thousand times, you probably could say it, for I know the plans I have for you, you know the verse. So what we're going to be doing today, and what I want to do today, is talk about the context of the verse, what surrounds the verse, and how powerful it is when you read the whole section, the whole chapter. Um, so I'm excited for that. I hope you guys are excited too. We're going to dive in. Um, sick, sick, sick. Um, so... I just want to give a little bit of, like, backstory. When you watch, like, a movie or a show, you kind of want, like, a little bit of, like, what am I getting into? You know what I mean? And there's, like, that same thing with the scripture where we can't just, like, if we open it up to a page, like, we need to know what we're reading, kind of. So the book of Jeremiah is kind of, well, let me break it down even farther. So there's these people, and they're the Israelites, and they're in this covenant with God, okay? And this covenant that they're in is basically they follow God and they're faithful to the Lord and the Lord blesses them and the Lord protects them against all their enemies, basically. And the Israelites, they've been messing up. They've been sinful, they've been wicked, and they've done wrong before the Lord. And they've been doing this for a long time. And basically what the Lord says, or what the Lord does, is he sends this guy and his name is Jeremiah and he's a prophet. And what prophets do is they basically, they're the mouthpiece for the Lord. They communicate his message to his people. So he sends this guy and this guy named Jeremiah, the book that we're reading, to tell the people, hey, you guys are messing up. We need to fix this, okay? And he's communicating this message, and he's telling these people, hey, you guys are messing up. We need to turn around. The Lord loves you. The Lord wants you to be in covenant with him. But they mess up when they say, no, we want to live the way we live. And we do the same thing today. We literally live the same exact way. 
because the Lord says, hey, I want you to be near to me. I want you to follow me. I want you to be faithful to me. I have so much for you. I have so much for you, but we choose our own lives. But that's not what I'm preaching on today. Today we're getting into Jeremiah 29. So that's the context, okay? And basically what the Lord does is because of Israel's wickedness for so long, he sends them this prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah tells them, yo, turn around. They don't turn around. The Lord sends this kingdom called Babylon. And this kingdom Babylon basically takes Israelites, and the Israelites go into this thing called exile. Basically, they were taken into another country, and this is where they had to live, okay? And they're in exile. They're far from home. This is not what they wanted, obviously. It's like if someone took you, moved you to Mexico. You live in Mexico now. That's where you're at. You're not in Israel. You're not home. It's not cool. Like, it's not it. Um, so they're in exile. So Jeremiah chapter 29, if you have your Bibles, turn to it. I think it's, maybe it's not. Um, we're going to start with verse 1, and we're going to get into it. Um, I'm just going to read some Bibles this morning. Um, hope that's okay. Um, <clears throat> it starts in verse 1. This is the text of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the surviving elders and exiles and to the priests. The prophets and all the other people that Nebuchadnezzar had carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. So what this is saying that this chapter is the text. It's like a letter, basically, that's being sent from the prophet Jeremiah, communicating the words of God to the people who are in exile. These Israelites, they're living in exile, and this is a message to them. This is what this chapter is. This chapter is like a letter, basically. You open up the letter, Jeremiah chapter 29. This is the context, okay? Um, and basically, if you start at verse 4, this is what the Lord says. Verse 4 says, This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those who I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. This is what the Lord says, starting in verse 5. He says, Build houses and settle down. He says, Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry, have sons and daughters. Find wives for your, for your, find wives for your sons and daughters. Yeah, and give your daughters in marriage so that they may too have sons and daughters. Increase in number, do not decrease. What is he saying? He's saying, basically, stay where you are because you're going to be there for a while. And this is not the message the Israelites wanted. They're in a foreign land. They're in a foreign country. They're far from all their friends, all their family, where you grew up. You're in a foreign area. And they're like, they're waiting for the Lord to be like, hey, take us back to Israel. Take us back to Jerusalem. But no, the Lord says, stay where you are, set roots. It'd be like, yo, buy a home. Like, invest in the area you're in. You're going to be there for a while. This is not good news for them. This is, this is, like, very sad. This is like, Lord, why are we still here? Like, why are we settling down? This is not what we wanted to hear. I went to Mexico, and it was a different country. It was, like, it was not here. And it was, like, basically, if, like, the missionary came up to me and was like, yo, Caleb, um, you've been having a good week here in Mexico. Settle down. Just, like, buy an apartment. You're going to be in Mexico for a while. And I'm like, what do you mean? So, like, the Israelites are like, yo, this is not, like, what we wanted to happen. God, take us back to where we grew up, where we're from. Um, and he continues in verse 7. He says, also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city there. Oh, yeah. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. This is powerful. Read this right here. He says to seek the prosperity of the city, and it will prosper. They're not in their home. They're not where they're from. They're in a foreign environment. But the Lord says pray for this nation. Pray for where you are. Pray for where you're captive. Pray for where you're set. Pray for your environment. And if it will prosper, then you will prosper. Imagine if we understood this in 2022 as Christians today. We're in America. What if we prayed for our nation? What if we prayed for our leaders? What if the city prospered? What if we prayed for the city? 
Because if the city prospers, then the people will prosper. This is a biblical principle. It says it. He says, seek the prosperity of the city, and then we will also prosper. That's so good, okay? Um, so we're going to continue. We're, this is all a letter, basically. We're reading through this entire letter, basically. It's like you're reading each line. I went to college, and I was writing letters, and it was great. Um, it was just different. I was used to, like, sending text messages or, like, I guess just sending text messages or phone calls. <laughs> but um, it's different, you know? Um, and this is what we're reading. Imagine you open up, you, like, does anyone use a letter opener? Or, like, uh, you just, like, you peeled it open. This is the letter, okay? Um, so we're going to continue in verse 8. In verse 8, the Lord says, ooh, that was hot. Um, yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says. Do not let the prophets and the diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams. Did the, ooh, I lost my spot. The dreams you encourage them to have. They are prophesying lies to you in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. So what's happening here? Basically, in the verse before chapter 28, there's this dude. His name is Hananiah. And Hananiah is a prophet. And Hananiah is telling the people, yo, they're in exile, but the Lord's going to come and save them. They're going to come out of exile. The Lord's telling them that this exile is not going to last long. Or not the Lord's telling them. Hananiah, the false prophet. This dude's basically telling the people exactly what they wanted to hear. They wanted to hear, hey, this thing that's going wrong, it's not going to go wrong for long. This is, it's like um, they're saying exactly what they wanted to hear. But it's not the truth, and it's not what the Lord has told them. The Lord has sent Jeremiah, and Jeremiah says, you're going to be dealing with this for a long time because of your sin and your wickedness. But these people are saying exactly what the people want to hear. And the Lord basically says here, don't listen to these people because it's not the truth, and it's not what's come from me. And the same way, we need to be doing the same thing in 2022 as Christians. We can't just listen to people that say what we want to hear. We can't just listen to people that say things that sound good. But we have to find truth. And we have to find where the Lord is in everything that we, we read and we understand. We can't just take whatever, okay? And in the same way, the Lord is commanding his people, don't just listen to any voice. You have to be... Like paying attention to the voices that you listen to and the impact they have on your life because these false prophets were not helping them, okay? They were spreading lies. We need to pay attention to the truth and the word of God, which is the truth. Um, so picking up in verse 10, okay? We're reading the letter. Oh, you're, you're flipping through the pages, okay? This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed in Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to you and bring you back to this place. Whoa. This is not good news either. Seven, yeah, seven, that's what I said when I read it. I said 70 years. That's not good. Basically, early the Lord was like, hey, you guys are going to be here for a while. They're like, okay, it's going to be a while. But, and then the Lord's like, 70 years. That's a long span of time. Sometimes I pray to God for things. I wish he'd given me like an exact number. This time they got an exact number, and it's 70 years in Babylon. Um, and this is what they're going to have to live with. Like, that's a long time. And we can read this scripture and be like, oh, that's a long time. And be like completely detached by how, like, what this means, 70 years. Because if we really understand it, 70 years is like if you get locked up, you go to prison. In 1952, you go to prison in 1952, you're getting out this year, 2022. That's insane. That's a long time. If we really understand how long they were in captivity, how long they were far from their family, their nation, how far they were from everything that they knew, 70 years. I don't even think there was color TV in 1952. I don't know if that's true. Yeah, so there wasn't color TV in 1952, okay? 70 years is a long time. That's like getting back out and you see a flat screen. What would you say if you haven't seen color on a TV ever? You see a flat screen. 
That's how much has changed. Like, this is a big deal that's happening to them. 70 years they have to wait. This is not like a nice, like, flowery, like, kitchen sign verse. But what precedes it is the kitchen sign verse, Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, the verse you all know. And this is where it's set inside of this letter. The verse reads, for I know the plans I have for you. Immediately after he's like, hey, for 70 years you're going to be in Babylon. Immediately after he says, for I know the plans that I have for you declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. This is what the Lord says in the middle of what they're dealing with. In the middle of 70 years in a foreign land, he says, hey, but I know the plans that I have for you. I have plans for you. In the same way the Lord has plans for you today, okay? His plans may not have been what you thought they were. His plans may not have been what you were hoping for. This is not what the Israelites were hoping for, but his plans are to prosper you. His plans are to give you hope and a future, okay? This is what the Lord has for us today, okay? The Lord will prosper you. The Lord will grow you. The Lord grew his people during this time, okay? Because they had been so unfaithful for so long. Nothing is wasted. Your pain is not wasted. The Lord says, I will prosper you, okay? There will be hope in the future out of the turmoil of this exile, okay? In the same way we deal with trials, we deal with trials, we deal with, like, bad things that happen all the time. And the Lord says, I will prosper you through your pain, through everything that's gone wrong in your life, I have a hope and a future for you in the same way the Lord has a hope and a future for you today. <clears throat> that's verse 11. And it's really powerful. And I think it's even more powerful when you read it in light of the rest of the chapter. Because this is a letter that's powerful. And people are like, probably like, holy cow. Like, the Lord still is with us despite all of our wickedness. And think about this. 70 years, these might have been the words that they lived on. Like, they might have put it on their signs in their kitchen because the Lord said 70 years ago, they're probably counting down the years, 60, 66 years, 67 years, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to give you a hope in the future, plans to prosper you, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to give you a hope in the future. Year after year, the people who have held on to these words, and in the same way, we can hold on to these words because the Lord has a hope in the future for you, and he has he is to prosper you, okay? And immediately after, this just gets, it gets better, okay? This letter, it keeps getting better, okay? It was a little rough for the start. It has some rough parts. It's good and bad, you know? Um, so we're going to pick up in verse 12. <clears throat> he says, then you will call for me. Or actually, immediately after, he says, for I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you. Plans not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope in the future. Then you will call on me and come to me and you will pray to me. And I will listen to you. You will seek me and you will find me. Seek me with all of your heart and I will be found with you. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back from the place which I carried you to exile. This is what the Lord says immediately after. He says, seek me and you will find me. In the middle of your trial, seek me and you find me. I am still your God. He says, he says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. He says, I will be found by you. We serve a God today who will be found by his people, okay? If you search for the Lord today, you will find our God. He doesn't hide. He's not hiding. If you look to the Lord, you will find him in your everyday, in your Tuesday. You can seek the Lord. You can pray to God, and the Holy Spirit will meet you right where you're at, in your car, in your living room, wherever you are. Because we serve a God who says, seek me and find me. This is the Lord's message to us today. If we look for the Lord, he's not hiding. He's not hiding. He says, call on me. Pray to me and I will listen. The Lord is in the business of answering prayers. He says, pray to me and I will listen. That's our God. That's the God we preach on. This is the last encouragement I want to talk about. <clears throat> it's in verse 14. 
Um, it's not the end of the letter. He says some more things about, like, what's going on with different leaders and stuff. You can read it later. I just didn't want to get into it right now. Um, it's good. It's good. It's Bible. It's good. Um, but I'm going to finish with verse 14. Um, the Lord says, <clears throat> I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back from your captivity. I will gather you from all the nations in places where I have banished you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I have carried you. The Lord says, I have plans for you. I will prosper you, and I will bring you back. I don't know what you've gone through. I don't know what you've seen before, but the Lord says, I will bring you back. What you're facing, what you've gone through, the Lord isn't going to leave you. He's not a God that leaves his people. We are his children, okay? And the Lord says, I will bring you back. No matter what you've dealt with, no matter what you've gone through, the Lord will bring you back, and the Lord is with you. So that's my encouragement for you guys today. It's an incredible letter. I would encourage you to read it again after. Just reflect. Um, it's powerful. Um, praise God. The word of God is powerful. Sorry about that, Caleb. Almost knocked you down. All right. Good morning, guys. Good morning, church. Thank you to y'all. Um, really appreciate you guys' words. I've known these two for a bit now. Caleb, not so much as Jordan. I've known Jordan since he was little and I was little. He's the older one. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, he got the unfortunate curse of living with me now, so that's great. Um, yeah, so today... Um, I just want to let y'all know I love you, right? And I'm saying that because you're going to hate me. Um, <laughs> yeah, you laugh now. Um, <laughs> we shall see. Um, some of you guys are going to get offended, and that's okay. It says it's good to be grieved into repentance. So that's Paul, if you didn't know. Um, I forget which, I think it's Corinthians? I don't know. Um, but that being said, I'm going to pray real quick. All good with y'all? All right. Lord, bless my mouth, Lord, that your words would come out of it, God, and bless the hearts that are in this room, God, that they would receive it. Lord, let this be your message. This is your time, God. And we ask that your, your spirit would move in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So now we get into the rough part. If you got your Bibles, um, phones work too. Uh, turn to Hebrews 5.12. And I'm reading from the ESV. I don't know what y'all are reading from, but, you know, whatever it is, it works, I guess. So I'll give you a couple minutes to get there. Uh, 5.12. Hebrews 5.12. All right. So the verse reads, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. So I'm going to hold off on explaining that for a minute. Let's get into this. So I think, I think we've all seen the kids from camp, right, when they come home. We love seeing that. I love seeing it, right? I love going. I love, I love just experiencing God with them. And they come back. They're on fire, right? We all, we've all seen it. They're, they're up here praying for people. They're worshiping like they've never worshiped before, right? They've got this feeling of, of the spirit, right? And for a lot of us, I think that, that brings up memories, right? We're like, man, I remember that. I remember being in camp as a kid. Maybe you didn't. That's all good. But, like, we see that. We're like, man, I remember being their age, getting filled. It was great. 
and and I just I, I've heard some people say like, yeah, man, I remember when I had that passion at their age, and the thing about it is, I think that's where we go wrong. There is for us, there is no excuse to not have the same fire as those youth back there do. There's no reason we shouldn't see great moves of God and revival in our church. We shouldn't. There's no reason we shouldn't see miracles, signs, and wonders, except for the fact that we don't push for it. We haven't built ourselves up in Christ. So I, I want to show you something, too, because like, I know a lot of people um, a lot of people say, like, I hear it a lot. You know, well, miracles aren't for everybody. Miracles, signs, wonders, tongues, whatever, all that, that's not for everybody. Not everybody does that. Let's go to Acts real quick. Um, yeah, don't, don't put your Bible away. That's not today. So Acts 2, we're going to start in verse 1. Um, well, actually, we're going to start in verse 2. I apologize. Um, so Acts 2, 2, 1 through 4. I don't think we're going to put it up on the, uh, I don't know if we have it, but it's all good. Y'all have Bibles and phones. All right, so Acts 2, 2. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all t together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting, and divided tongues as a fire appeared on them and rested on each one of them. And they were all, say all. All right. All filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them. Now, let's look at that real quick. It said, what did it say? It said, all. All were filled. All spoke in other tongues. It wasn't, well, just, you know, that guy over there was filled. You know, some of them were filled. The others, you know, they, they're a little more reserved. They, they, did, they weren't filled. It wasn't, oh, well, just the pastor spoke in tongues, or just that crazy lady in the back who worships really loud behind you got tongues. No, they all spoke with tongues. They all were filled. And why, so my question, I guess, is why don't we see that here, right? I think it's a lot of people's questions. Why don't we see that in our own lives? Why don't we see signs, wonders, miracles? I think it's crazy that we've gone from get up and walk to learn to deal with it, brother, you know, because we're, we, we're not living in that power because we can't go over and say, get up and walk. It's crazy that we've gone from bring me your sick to keep your sick at home. I don't want to touch them, right? I mean, I know a lot. Of, I can already hear it right now. But, brother, we've got the COVID. Well, I'm sure you'd rather COVID than leprosy. But Jesus still brought them to him. So why don't we see these things? Why don't we have this power? Well, there's a couple reasons. There's, a f there's multiple reasons, I think. This isn't just a black and white thing, uh, though most times it is. Um, I think the first reason, a lot of times, is we're afraid to let it out in church, right? We're afraid to, to act in those, those gifts, to, to prophesy, to speak in tongues, to w whatever the gift is, because we're afraid, oh, well, what about the new people? We'll scare them off, right? Acts, right? Well, back back in Acts, I can't tell you the verse because I forgot to write it down on my paper. But 3,000 were added that day. 3,000. You're not going to scare people away with this. And that's the, that's the thing. We wonder why witchcraft is growing so much in these last days. You want to know why? Because people are looking for something with power. And they're not finding it in the church. 
Why is the pagan church growing? Because we don't have power. Because the real church doesn't have power. Look, you guys are going to kill me after this. I'm going to get slaughtered. I'm going to be crucified. It's going to be great. Someone get the cross. Um, mm. See, that's the thing with the Spirit. It draws people to Him. And if, if the gifts are being used but nobody's being affected by it, they weren't useful in the first place. That's the point of them. It says that, that tongues is a sign to the unbeliever. So why are we hiding it to bring people in? All right? And, and I, how, how, how can we as a church justify saying, well, we're going we're gonna to not act in those gifts. You're kicking the spirit out of his own church. Ridiculous. And, and that's, that's the second thing. The reason why we don't see signs and wonders is we refuse a lot of times to do the basic things, right? I've, I've done it. I, I mean, we go out and we look for, you know, answers. We look for, for some crazy revelation outside of the Bible, and, but we won't, we won't pray. We won't read our Bible. We don't worship, praise on our own time. But then we, want, we, we say, oh, I want revival. I want revival. I want to I see miracles. I want to see people healed. I want, I want them to bring me the sick and for them to be healed. But we don't pray. Right? So, here, so that's the thing. Like, Jesus healed the sick, right? He cast out the demons. He multiplied the bread. He did all these amazing miracles. And what did the disciples ask him? Teach us to pray. They didn't ask him, well, how do we cast out demons? How do, we, how do I multiply those fish? That was pretty cool. How do I do that? No. They looked at him and they said, Lord, teach us to pray. So that shows me something. Jesus' power, with the things that Jesus did, was linked to his prayer life. It's because he was communing with his father. Thank you. But instead of accepting that our prayer life isn't where it should be, or we're not doing the basic things that we should be doing, a lot of us run to outside things, right? I mean, I've seen people do deep dive studies into like the book of Enoch looking for answers, or, or like the apocryphal books. It's like, man, you've got a Bible like right there, and it's really easy to access. But we're doing these weird deep, like, man, just, just read your own Bible. You're not going to find it in Enoch, I tell you what. But instead of accepting that your prayer life, isn't like, it's easier to say, well, I, I'll, you know, it must be because I'm not reading into the apocryphal books or something like that. Oh, that is the wrong note. I apologize. I'm clipping the wrong pages. All my notes. And it's, see, it's, that's the thing. It's not in these complex answers. It's in these simple things. We, we want to move on to like, oh, I want to see these deep revelations of God. I want to see this. And, you know, I want to know, but we don't, like, if you could just master these little things, pray, read your Bible, be faithful to it. But then we're not faithful. We want to, we want to move on to the next greatest thing. We haven't even, like, you can't get to the top rung of a ladder if you don't start at the bottom. Right? 
So you want to see revival? Evangelize. Go out. Yeah. Bible commands it. It's basic. You want to see miracle miracles? Live a life of prayer. That's what Jesus said, isn't it? Right? When he cast out the demon. Lord, but why don't why why can't we cast out this demon? Why can't why won't it come out when we do it? He said, this only comes out by fasting and prayer. He's not saying that you have to, all right, there's a demon over there. Hold up, stay there for like a week. I'll be back. I'm going to fast. No, he's saying live a lifestyle of fasting. It's got to be part of your lifestyle. You want to stop division in the church? How about you love your brother? I struggle with that one. Come on. It's hard. Man, sometimes church people, I love y'all. I'm going to just say that real quick, stop myself, or shoot myself in the foot. Um, you want to break free from sin that's holding you? Praise the Lord. I'm serious. Like, it's that simple. Praise is a crazy thing. And I'm not talking about worship. Worship and praise are different. I'm not going to get into that. That's a whole sermon. Praise the Lord. It's so simple. These things, a lot of times, are really simple. But we choose the harder way for some reason because we just can't fathom it. You know? So I want to encourage you today. Do the simple things. I promise if I really, I'll make this promise. I'm willing, I'll stick my neck out there. I promise if you can master the simple things, if you can be faithful to pray, be faithful to read your word, be faithful to speak to people about Jesus, I guarantee you 100% you'll multiply. I guarantee you the rest is going to follow. Be faithful a little. All right. Thank you. Worship team, come on up. I'm going to ask that you would stand to your feet. Hallelujah. What a refreshing thing to hear the word of the Lord uh, from those that are younger from those that are seeing things that maybe we used to see and they just see it in a different light, in a different way. Uh, the Bible talks about for them as young people, you know, not to let people despise their youth, but that in their young years they can serve Jesus and do great exploits for God because of Him. He's the source, amen? He's the one that has changed their lives. They accepted Jesus and they've accepted the call and they're using their gifts and their talents for him and uh, it is a beautiful beautiful thing to see that that development and I hope that we'll encourage that amen I hope that we'll uh, let them know that they're appreciated and that uh, we would love to see what God continues to do in their life they're uh, wrapping up their summer now summer jobs and uh, they're scheduling here being at home and you know uh, Owen and Jordan heading back up to Charleston, uh, back up to Faith, and Caleb uh, heading down to Lakeland, Florida, uh, to SEU. And, um, but pray for them, amen? Uh, pray that the Lord will continue that development, that the words of the Lord would continue to be bolstered in their life and grow in their life. Uh, can't wait to see what God has for them in the years coming. Uh, but they set, they set some challenges for us, amen? They set some challenges for us. I know uh, with Jordan, just being that light that God has called us to be and, and shining that light in the darkness and watching the, dark, the darkness uh, be dispelled, you know. 
because Jesus is that light. And we've allowed Jesus to come into us and, and we should want to be that light for him. Amen. Uh, to cause other people to look to Jesus because he's, he's the only way. Amen. And then uh, Caleb, Jeremiah, um, the joy of the Lord in reading his word and, and, and realizing that, you know, God has a plan and a purpose for our lives, uh, that he may ask us to do some difficult things. Amen. That you might be in a season right now where, like the Israelites, God may not have asked you to stay for 70 years, but you're a week into it and you're like, God, get me out. God, you must have something else. And God is saying, be still. Be still. Be a blessing right where you are. Bear fruit right where you are. Share righteousness right where you are. It's a season. It's going to pass. It's going to pass. But right now, while you're in it, what, what's your mission while you're in it? What does God want you to do while you're in it? While you're there, you may not be in captivity, but you know, at times it may feel like that. Captive to time, captive to schedules, captive to, to different things that come our way. But no, God is with us. We have an ever-present God that, you know what? When you're in that valley, when you're in that season, He's right there with us. Amen. And then, Owen, thank you for the challenge. Never apologize for preaching the truth. Uh, that's the problem with this day and age. We uh, like to sugarcoat things, and we like to make things a little bit more palatable because we think, you know, we don't want to offend anybody. We don't want to, well, when it's the truth, you know, when it's the truth of God, and uh, it will set you free is right. The Word of God will set you free. And uh, God's got a lot for us, but in those seasons when you're going through and you're experiencing all kinds of things, Holy Spirit is saying, I've got more for you. I've got more for you, you know, but you've got you've to lay that good foundation. You've got to make sure that, that, that the things that I've already asked you to do, some of us are, you know, like Owen said, we're wanting this greater revelation. We want this next thing. And Jesus is saying, do what I called you to do now. Do, do what I'm asking you to do now. He's got a plan for you. He's got things laid out for you. Say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for your word. Your word is life. We thank you for the joy that we find in it. We thank you that even in, in seasons when, when things are, you know, maybe difficult for us and, and uh, when the word of God hits us heavy, that, Lord, it's your love. It's your love that helps us through it. It's your love. It's your Holy Spirit teaching us, comforting us, counseling us. That, Lord, it, it, you know, I love it that if we're still feeling conviction, that means that we still belong to you. That if we feel guilty about the sin and about the brokenness and about the, the, the choices that we make that don't, don't, that don't please you, God, you're still in this. You're still with us. You want better things for us. Help us not to settle. Help us not to settle. God is good. God is good. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Thank you, Jesus, for your servants. Hallelujah. Worship team, close us out. Let's worship Jesus.